0: I'm Marion Wine with Wine Feeders in Alice, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin.
2: Hello Texas, we are once again, lock loaded and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're gonna take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, Texas rice farmers have been suffering from a lack of irrigation water. It started a few months ago when irrigation water from the Colorado River was cut off. And we got the official announcement that that is going to continue into this 2023 crop year. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
3: As we look ahead to spring planting, a switch from grain production to forage production is a trend that we've been seeing in the Texas High Plains in recent years, and it could be on the increase again this year. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag today
2: bringing the feral hog control issue before Texas lawmakers. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have comments from a South Texas rancher after he met with his state representative at the state capitol. That report ahead on Texas Ag Today.
4: Protecting the right to farm in Texas is a focus of the current Texas legislature. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today.
2: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. An announcement Thursday confirmed what many southeast Texas rice farmers were fearing. There will be no irrigation water available for the 2023 crop. The Lower Colorado River Authority announced that Highland Lakes water will not be available this year for most of its agricultural customers in Colorado, Wharton, and Matagorda counties due to the ongoing drought. This isn't a new development, as the authority cut off irrigation water last summer for rice farmers before they could harvest their second crop. And without enough rain to refill the reservoirs, that situation will now officially continue. Last weekend's dust and sandstorm in the Texas Panhandle and Southern Plains region was a reminder of just how bad the drought is. Many fields were left without any cover for the soil as summer crops failed and winter crops didn't get enough water to grow and cover the soil. Farmers like Quentin Shield Knight of Spearman are now deciding what to do when it comes time to roll the planters this spring. So one
5: blessing we have had since the first of the year, and it's it's an outside blessing that nobody thought was going to happen, but natural gas has dropped below $3. And so some farmers are taking advantage of being able to pre-water to get uh, we established or get some kind of, of base underneath these acres, but the long-range outlook does not look good for us. And so I think there's some guys strongly considering some less water-use crops. There's more oats going in for hay there's, than I've seen. Uh, there's more wheat cover going back in to try to keep some stuff covered up. But but the sorghum is starting to catch more people's attention because, uh you know, if we go into
2: this summer without six foot of profile underneath this corn, it could get real ugly if this thing doesn't break, sir. And Brad Heffington of Littlefield says it's affecting his planting decisions as well.
5: Yeah, we were gonna go a lot of green. Uh basically the price is so much better and cotton is terrible right now and, and we're pretty diehard cotton farmers, but we do have green equipment and you know a lot of the forecasts are talking about La Nina going away and turning neutral around May and then maybe being wet and July and August, so we were kind of hoping we might could grow a green crop this year. It's usually a little easier to get up, so
2: maybe we can get one up, maybe we can get some help and make a crop, but when we start out with no, with no underground moisture, it gets hard. Heffington says he may not decide exactly what to plant this year until the very last minute. We've got corn and milo and
5: cottonseed all booked, and I told my supplier i said i don't know if i know what i'll plant till the first of may you know just
2: depending on the weather but we were leaning pretty hard doing more grain just because it's, it's got the most chance of being profitable right now texas farmer brad heffington of littlefield a switch from grain production to forage production is a trend we've seen in the texas high plains recently james hunt tells us that trend could be on the increase this year
3: Laramie Fremel is a farmer who grows crops north of Harford, and as he looks ahead to the summer crop season, here's a little prediction.
2: In my
5: area, forages, like say silage or hay, I think is going to be the big ticket item this year.
3: And that sounds like a good forecast, as in recent years we've been seeing a shift in the Texas High Plains, with a lot of acres being taken out of grain production in favor of forage. Dairies and feed yards are providing a strong market for forage, and growing crops for forage also requires less water than does grain. As for what he's going to plant, Freemull says his forage production typically includes some corn, but he leans heavily to sorghum.
5: We'll go with it more because it's more of a drought-tolerant
0: type plant and We can even plant it just a little bit later if if the rains are going to come late spring or early summer. We can drop in and plant some late planted hay grazer, red top cane, something like that for hay or even swap to put up as
3: silage. And like all other area farmers, Laramie Fremel is hoping that we'll catch some good rains this spring. So those are some thoughts on the season ahead. Now, as we look at the future of local agriculture this year and beyond, there's a new entity that you could be hearing about a lot in future years, it's called the RANGE. RANGE in this case is an acronym for Regional Accelerator and New Growth Engine. The RANGE is described by its organizers as an effort to help attract and in some cases create agriculture and food-related businesses that would be based in the Amarillo area. We'll have more about the range in our next report, including information about a research effort that sounds like good news for cotton farmers. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Wild hogs are still running wild in Texas, and farmers and ranchers are asking the state legislature for help controlling them. Tom Nicoletti has more from the state capitol. My guest today is Buddy Earls. He is a uh, rancher in South Texas, uh, where uh, he uh, runs a cow-calf operation in Zapata and McMullen Counties. And uh, Buddy, you uh, mentioned to uh, your state representative here in Austin uh, recently about the issue with feral hogs and how uh, severely uh, it's getting worse day to day. Explain what you told your representative, Ryan Guillen, about the situation.
6: Yes, we need to be able to start getting control of this hog population. It's gotten extremely explosive is what it is. A lot of people think that by hunting and trapping we'll, we'll be able to control the numbers, but actually we need to get around 75 to 80% killed just to keep the numbers where they're at. So this new thing that's coming up with perhaps using the wharf and maybe a, one of the new tools that we can use to control them. Now you showed me some video that you took on your ranch where you're feeding your cattle and the
2: hogs are, are right there uh even as you're putting the feed out.
6: Yeah, that's correct. Probably had 15 to 20 young hogs as I was feeding the cattle. I had a couple of cows that were being treated, had them in the corrals. And as I started putting the food out there, they came running and they weren't extremely scared of me. I would yell at them and then they would run back to the food again. Do they attempt to harm the cattle or yourself at all? No, other than the fact that they try to move the cows away so they can get to the feed themselves and, and overpower the cows in that sense. How long has this been a problem for you? Ever since I took over the ranch in 2008 when I ran into in McMullen County. Zapata County is not as bad, but it's starting to increase the numbers now also there. Corn producers are probably having the most problem with that. I know that I had problems. I bought some hay during the drought some time back. I bought about 60 corn stock round bales, put them out. Out there, and about two months later, they were all destroyed by the hogs. They had eaten them all and destroyed it. That is Buddy Earls. He is a rancher in South Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Another focus of the Texas legislature this session is protecting the right to farm. Gary Joyner has the details.
4: The challenges of farming in Texas within city limits are many. For one, it's not easy moving farm equipment in city traffic. There's also a continual loss of farmland to development. Those are the realities. But several cities have added more obstacles. They are restricting or prohibiting generally accepted agricultural practices or prohibiting any agricultural use of land through their zoning and other regulations. Those actions can be addressed the Texas legislature is considering solutions. House Bill 1750 by Representative Dwayne Burns of Johnson County strengthens protections for agricultural operations within city limits. Farmers are being forced to cut hay before it reaches the proper height because some cities don't recognize that hay is a crop. They consider hay to be tall grass that must be kept mowed short. Some cities are also enforcing their height restrictions on grass being grazed for livestock. Ranchers are being forced to remove their cattle or face legal action due to zoning restrictions that prohibit agricultural use of land. Staging equipment, inputs, or harvested commodities are also being restricted or prohibited as illegal on-site storage. Current law only protects agricultural operations annexed after August 31st, 1981. Trying to verify with the city which operations were annexed has proven to be a challenge. As a result of this confusion, cities are enforcing ordinances and zoning against all agricultural operations without following the requirement in current law to prove a governmental requirement is necessary to protect public health. The right to farm in Texas is important. The Texas legislature can make sure that right is protected within city limits. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today.
0: Sign up is underway for a program designed to help improve wildlife habitat, among other things. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today.
2: And strangles is a common problem in Texas horses year-round. Texas veterinarian, Dr. Bob Judd, has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
1: Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're keeping you informed
2: on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Strangles is a common problem in Texas horses year-round.
7: Dr. Bob Judd has more. An outbreak of strangles can be a serious issue, especially if the horse is on a farm with multiple other horses, as the disease is extremely contagious. Strangles is an upper respiratory disease in horses, That causes fever, swollen and abscessed lymph nodes, green and yellow nasal discharge, difficulty breathing, difficulty swallowing, coughing, decreased appetite, and lethargy. However, Dr. Qualls indicated at Weatherford they see some horses with fever and no lymph node enlargement. Abscesses can be found at any lymph node in the horse, even internally, which is very difficult to diagnose. Young horses exhibit the worst signs, while older horses that have had the disease in the past or those that are vaccinated may show milder signs or no signs. Fever is the most common sign, and young horses are much more susceptible than older horses. We previously believed that most adult horses in Texas were exposed as young horses and had immunity so they would not be susceptible to this disease. However, the disease can occur in older horses as well. After recovery, infected horses can shed the bacteria for six weeks or longer, and some horses can carry the organism in their guttural pouch or sinus cavities for an extended period, which can keep the disease going in the herd if new horses are brought into the herd. Diagnosis of the disease is by PCR testing of nasal secretions, and a blood test is also available to check for antibodies against the disease. This blood test is important prior to vaccinating horses because if horses have been exposed to strangles and have a high titer, they should not be vaccinated as an immune reaction can occur. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Sign-up is underway for a program that's designed to improve wildlife habitat. Jessica Domo has the details in today's wildlife report.
0: U.S. landowners can now sign up for a program that is designed to protect environmentally sensitive lands while improving water quality, preventing soil erosion, and supporting wildlife habitat. General sign-up for the Conservation Reserve Program, or CRP, is underway now and continues through April 7th. CRP is a voluntary program through the U.S. Department of Agriculture that offers a range of conservation options for landowners. It helps landowners establish long-term resource-conserving plant and tree species. Jim Inglis, Quail Forever's Director of Government Affairs, said CRP enables producers to enroll difficult-to-farm acres in the program to improve wildlife habitat, soil health, water quality, and climate resiliency, and it's a key part of the economic safety net for rural communities. He said as the country looks to improve its ecological impacts and economic standing, CRP should be celebrated as a method for bolstering both sides of the equation. According to USDA, there have been several changes made to CRP over the past few years to increase interest and enrollment, strengthen climate benefits, and help ensure underserved farmers and ranchers can find a way to enter CRP. Contracts for landowners enrolled in the program are from 10 to 15 years in length. Landowners who are interested in signing up should contact their local USDA service center. Again, the general CRP sign-up deadline is April 7th. Continuous CRP signup continues year-round. There are currently 23 million acres across the U.S. enrolled in CRP. Contracts on 1.9 million are expected to expire this year. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.
2: Cattle, cotton, and corn all ending the week on a higher note, but the wheat market was lower. We'll check out all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery.
6: Visit Texas Farm
5: Bureau Insurance today at tfvinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation.
1: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
2: It was a nice way to close out a trading week on Friday with big triple digit gains across the board in the cattle complex, both live and feeder cattle. Seeing nice gains to end the trading week. April live cattle up $1.32, $165.42. The June up $1.22, $160.67. August contract up $1.17 at $159.90. Even bigger gains in the feeder cattle market. March feeders up $1.42 at 190 April up 217, 19602. And the May contract finally topped two bucks. It was up 212 to close at $200.95 a hundredweight. And when you look at the deferred contracts, prices are even better. The November is currently over 220. Cash fed kettle market seeing the same story play out this week where the Packers are waiting until the very last minute to buy cattle. We had some earlier sales in the week, very light trade up north at one sixty-five, a buck higher. Here in Texas, we have some light sales reported at one sixty-five fifty, but most of the cattle left on the show list with feedlots asking one sixty-six and better. Boxed beef prices mixed Friday choice up a dollar fifty-eight at two ninety oh eight. Select down sixteen cents to seventy-seven forty-two. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Brian Lentzman, Seguin Cattle Company, our guest. Brian,
5: how was your Wednesday sale? First day of March, and ended up with 850 head of cattle. Whether it's just low numbers or just the whole market, I mean, it's just on the uptick. Those two to three weights, fears dollar 32 to 284; three to four weights, dollar 60 to 282; four to five weights, dollar 76 to 254; five to six weights, dollar 67 to 225; six to seven weights, dollar 63 to 220; seven to eight weights, fears dollar 20 to a to get to the effort weights. Uh, two to three weights, dollar 55 to 208; three to four weights. $1.52 to $240, 4 to 5 weights. weights, $1.58 to $242, 5 to 6 weights. weights, $1.59 to $212, 6 to $7 weight Dollar $1.35 to $1.82. Cows. Those good utility cows on average from eighty nine to a dollar two and cutters, seventy two to eighty five. dollars uh, up to a thousand seventy five pairs. You know, cams getting higher. So them little cams on the side, you know, they're worth lots of money now. So from nine hundred to fourteen fifty uh on the good top-end bulls brought a dollar twenty today. So, like I said, just good, strong market. Well, uh, get, keep and go. Uh, top end of the nannies, $280 with kids bringing from 280 to 327 Get to the door for ewes, uh top end of the ewes, 150 with lambs bringing from 270 to 320 So, you know, just fun day to be, it's a fun day to own a sale bar. Well, good deal. I hope it'll be a fun day next week. Uh, more sales, good prices yep. at Seguin Cattle Company next uh, Wednesday. Cousin Brian, tell everybody how to contact. You can give us a Call at 830 379 9955, or you can call me on my cell phone, 830 305 0652. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today.
2: We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs. We're higher on Friday. April hogs up 70 cents, 84.55. May hogs up 57 at 93.45. Class 3 milk was higher. March milk up seven cents, 1778 a hundred weight, April milk up six at 1751 a hundred. The cotton market closed higher once again on Friday, getting support from positive economic news coming out of China. Also, the dollar was lower Friday while the stock market was higher. That helped boost cotton prices a bit with the May contract up 46 points, 8417, July cotton up 38, 8479 with new crop December up 51, 84, 26. The corn market managed a higher close on Friday, with March corn up 7.5, 6.45 and a quarter. May corn up 6, 6.39 and three quarters. September corn up a half, 5.83 and three quarters. The wheat market closed lower Friday, increased chances for precipitation in the southwestern plains over the next couple of weeks weighed on prices. We closed March Kansas City wheat down nine and three quarters, 8.22 and a half. New crop July down eight and a half, 8.08 and three quarters. On the soft wheat market, July Chicago wheat down three at 7.16 and three quarters. In the energy markets Friday, April natural gas up $0.24 cents at $3 even. April West Texas crude up $1.66, dollars a barrel. The financial markets were higher Friday afternoon. The Dow up 361 points, 33,365. The NASDAQ up 219 at 11,682. The S&P up 60 at 4042 that wraps up our look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of texas ag today i'm carrie martin hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation texas agriculture thanks for listening to
1: texas ag today be sure to subscribe to our podcast on apple podcasts google podcasts or spotify